Welcome to the Happiness Alchemy Podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Goody. Stay with me for expansion, activation, and awareness on your spiritual journey through life and business. Today, I'm joined by Tracy Groman, self-mastery coach and healer. Tracy helps women create freedom in their lives, confidently expand into their desired way of life as they heal and release the unconscious negative beliefs that have kept them weighed down. Tracy teaches women how to embrace their rise, radiant, inspired, self-empowered, and live that rise every day. Today, Tracy and I will be discussing boundaries and why they are such an important part of your self-mastery process. Welcome, Tracy. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, It's exciting to be here, and I love the topic that we're talking about. It's one of my favorites. It's my favorite to teach. It's my favorite to practice. So thank you for having me on. I talked it like, I mean, I, I know even so many of my clients, I, I don't know if I have met a female entrepreneur that I've ever spoken to or worked with that doesn't have some type of boundary issues that they need to, um, that they need to deal with and that will definitely come up as they start to, you know, as they start on their journey of entrepreneurship, more and more boundary issues come up. So I love this topic too. I'm very excited to get into it. Yeah, um, oh, Absolutely. Yeah, it's really good. So just kind of before we really dive into boundaries, can you tell me a little bit about what has brought you to really focus on helping women in this stage of midlife to harmonize with who they truly are? So I know that's a totally loaded question, but really? just, yeah, I know, right? So just whatever you, um, you feel is the highest priority to share on that, because I'm very interested. Well, you know, interestingly enough, my desire to really help others came from my own experience, which I think that happens for many of us, right? Yeah. Um, Back in 2011, I actually crashed my immune system, and I crashed it hard, and I was, prior to that, I was teaching fitness classes. I was a personal trainer, a fitness instructor. I'm a mom of three boys, married to my high school sweetheart. I help him run his business, so, like, total full plate, just totally full plate, super full. Um, well then, in, back in 2009, my father passed away, and he passed away suddenly, and I'm an only child, and we were very close, and uh, the one thing, um, and I think that a lot of us uh, have this, especially from the era that we were, at least that I was brought up in, is our parents weren't really emotionally intelligent. They didn't yes. teach us how to work through our feelings. They didn't, they didn't show us. They didn't model it for us, um, so what I did do is I harnessed all of my grief into working out more and working out harder, and doing more, and volunteering for more, basically anything to really stave off having to sit in the energy of the grief that I was, the the deep grief that I was experiencing. Um, What happened is I started ignoring the signs. I started ignoring my bodily signs that all was not well. Um, And so I started getting sick, and really sick. Um, And back through 2010 and 11, I was sick every month. So I was on a round of antibiotics for a sinus infection, upper respiratory infection, and a round of steroids. Finally, in May of 2011, everything just crashed. I couldn't do anything more. I was, like, gray. Um, My hair was breaking. I looked probably about 15 years older uh, than I was. And I was really put in a space in time where I had to uh, make a choice. And I always say that, you know, now I'm on this path and and I I practice for myself daily so that I can not only really honor myself and give myself the self-care and nurturing that I deserve, but to be able to model that to my kids so that they can see how it's done, how to really take that time and and be in self-care and be able to nurture. And when those hard feelings hit, how to work through them versus just shove them down because it was the shoving down of those feelings that really brought it, I mean, really did bring it out to the surface. So I was forced at that point in time to make a choice. Um, do I continue to go down the same path and surely meet a fate that would have landed me six feet under? It, it really, mm-hmm. really would have. Or do I really begin to open this gateway to these feelings and start to learn more about what what my body's telling me, what my mental body is telling me, what my emotional body is telling me, what my physical body is telling me. And so um, I really went off on my own self-healing path uh, to really rediscover my connection to myself. And it was so profound and it changed, you know, anyone looking from my life on the outside looking in would say, well, it doesn't really look much different, right? I'm yeah. in the same house and I'm driving the same car and I'm still married to my husband and I have my three boys and they're growing up and they're busy and doing their things. But so much of my life now is filled with so much richness mm-hmm. and so much 
connectivity, and it's because I was willing to explore all of those feelings that were shoved down. And so what I did is I took the fact that my family really didn't, they weren't emotionally intelligent, they weren't self-nurturing, they didn't teach that, they didn't model it. So I had to, I had to learn it for myself, um, but what's been able to happen off of that is um, having the multitude of experience that I have had, knowing how I have turned it around, and be able to gently, I would say, I mean, gently, yet sometimes you need a little bit of a kick in the rear, but yeah. to be able to break it down step by step. I think so many times, um, you know, we as women are high achievers. We as women are uh, committed to the growth of those people around us. Uh, we as women have not been shown how to put ourselves in the center of that so that we're really honoring ourselves first and moving from that space outward because when we honor ourselves first, we take that sacrifice and that martyrdom out yes. um, and things become much more fulfilling, much more rich, uh, much more honest and much more connected. And so that's really my backstory on how I really moved into this space. And midlife is a really interesting space um, because our childbearing isn't over by a long shot, uh, yet we are creating these independent beings. So, you know, we're creating this space for them to expand, and we ourselves have this massive opportunity to expand as well. Um, so many of my clients are like, you know what, it's my time. And it, it really truly is. And, you know, but that also brings up a whole lot of um, emotions that need to be that need to be looked at. And if they don't have a resource or a way to start to understand how to self-nurture self -nurture and show up for those thoughts and those feelings, well, then we just start to recreate the old paradigm and the old ancestral patterns of shoving it back down again, which, you know, from my story, you can tell it, it doesn't ever do well. Exactly. And what I'm finding now, too, kind of at this, this point in this human evolution or whatever, is that it's coming to a point right now where emotions are creating diseases and discomfort in the body so, so much that people can't ignore it anymore. And at the same time, people are having these, like, these strong urges within to, to be happy, to connect with who they are, to realize that they want more to the, their lives, not just, like you said before, your life looks the same on the outside as it did previously, but it's about how it feels on the inside from a day to day. So I find this just absolutely fascinating because it's, it's just this amazing phenomenon that you're seeing as these women are waking up and realizing, hey, this isn't, you know, there's a lot more to it than this. And I want to learn how to heal myself on this. I want to learn how to do it for myself. So I just, I absolutely love it. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting because we, we're in this space, um, this old paradigm where we think that by putting ourselves last, we're doing the world, we're doing our family right. a service, we're doing our husbands a service. Yeah. We're really, we're really truly not. And it was interesting. I was just meeting with a client the other day and we were talking about how, you know, it's time to set down this old, um, this old armor of I go last. Yes. I go last. And, and, you know, the simple fact is, is so many times, you know, people have said to me along the way, and, you know, and so we are going to talk about boundaries. And one of the biggest boundaries is, you know, when I started this new shift, it was, well, you know, that's selfish. What you're doing yeah. is selfish. And I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, it's time for a new way to think about that, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. No, this, isn't the, this is probably one of the most selfless, yeah. I always say you have to be selfish in order to truly be selfish. Our goal is to serve. I mean, at mm -hmm. the end of the day, that's what our purpose is, is driven to outwardly serve. But if we, what, what's, right, what's happening right now is we're leaking energy everywhere. Mm -hmm. And if we start taking control of our energy and really directing it to that which inspires us, then we really step into service. We, we step into service because we ourselves are totally full. And mm -hmm. that's really, um, that is the key. Like that's the lock in the key. And we create this new awesome model for our family. And that's probably what's blown me away the most is this new energetic grid that I myself hold, my whole family calibrates to. And yes. they, they see it and they, they see it by example. And 
you know, it's not enough to say, well, you know, um, stick up for yourself or set a boundary. Like they need to be, they need to be shown this is what this looks like. And this is, yes. some people are going to respond negatively and that's okay. And, mm-hmm. you know, and how to get over that hump because, you know, we're going to have it. Exactly. It's just, it's just this new education that's, it's required now. And it's people like you who are bringing it kind of like, bringing it to the surface and both through like your immediate community, your family right there, and then through your clients and, you know, everybody who engages with your content as well. And it's, I, I love it so much. It's such an important topic. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to get a little bit more into the boundaries now because I know we're kind of just like right there to talk about it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so can you tell me a little bit about what your definition of boundaries is just before we, um, we really jump into it? My definition of boundaries is lovingly teaching others how we expect and how we want to be treated. Um, I think, I feel very deeply um, that boundaries is the ultimate self-love and self-care act. Mm. Um, when we empower ourselves by setting a boundary, we allow ourselves to direct and focus our energy on what inspires us. We also give other people a fantastic opportunity to empower themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's really, really, really good. I I really like that definition a lot. I'm going to kind of refer back to it time to time whenever it comes to me that I have to set a boundary um, with it, you know, be it a client or or even like a friend or something like that who's very demanding on my time. It is. I always want it to come through that what I'm saying to them is not out of anger. Like it's it's very much out of love. This is just exactly what I have right now, and this is the space that I'm able to allow you to take in my life, and that's just what it is. Um, So, yeah, so so continuing to flow from there, um, your awareness of boundaries, how has that affected your life and your path? And I know we kind of talked a little bit about that, but I'd love to know more. So I, I am very open. I'm very transparent with who I am. Um, I always tell everybody that I am a reformed people pleaser. I am a reformed <laughs> control freak. Yeah. I am a reformed high achiever. And that, that does not mean I no longer am a high achiever. It just means that I am no longer a high achiever in everything. <laughs> yeah, and to, and to your own, like, detriment too, right? <laughs> well, and that's exactly it. I mean, it yeah. was, you know, it, it's interesting because a lot of who I serve um, on a client basis is me like 10 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it was very much, you know, very, very stuck in looking for this outside approval. And, you know, it's very interesting because being an energy healer and really going, going head first, um, like whole, not even head first, whole body, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> into energy healing, you start to understand that a lot of these uh, patterns that we're exhibiting in adult life really stem from our childhood. It's a mm-hmm. splintering of the inner child. It's a wounding of, of the inner child. And so, um, you know, many times when I was in this people pleaser role, it was because I wanted to be thought of as good. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be thought of as the good mom. I wanted to be thought of as the good wife, as the good parent, as the good daughter, the good daughter-in-law. And, and it was, you know, the, I'm very particular, I'm very detail oriented, I'm very organized, I'm very, and I'm very, I'm highly efficient. So the systems that I can come up with, like, boom, I can come up with them in a snap. Well, so what was happening is, and and coupled with the fact that I really didn't want to face my own stuff at the time that crashed in 2011, it was like, yeah, can you do it? Sure, I can. Can you do it? Yeah. Can you do it? Sure, I can. Sure. Yes, 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 yes. Um, And it was because I was starting to teach these people that you go to Tracy. You want something, mm-hmm. you go to Tracy. Um, and so, it, you know, by the time my immune system crashed, I mean, like I said, at that point in time before, you know, probably eight months prior, you know, I was teaching three classes a day. I was, like, my bandwidth was extreme. I had an extreme energetic bandwidth to be able to just keep on doing, 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 doing. But obviously my, my system was starting to break down, and I wouldn't give myself the rest. I wouldn't give myself the opportunity to to be. And so by the time it crashed, I was forced into a whole new way because I couldn't walk up my stairs without getting tired. That's Mm. how much everything changed. Like everything changed on a dime. And so I couldn't do as much anymore. And what happened is, is I had to come to terms with the fact that not only I couldn't do, 
I had to come to terms with the fact that I didn't want to. Yes. In all actuality, <laughs> I was spending a good chunk of my time when I really took a, took a look at what I was doing and whose agenda I was living by. It wasn't my own. And it was because I wanted everybody to think of me as good. Yes. And it's a, it's a behavior and it's a pattern that like specifically stems from my childhood. But it's a behavior and it's an ancestral pattern that both of my parents exhibited. Even though my mom was very passive and my dad was very aggressive, they were both people pleasers. Mm -hmm. So I really had to learn a brand new way. And so, you know, many people speak about like that guilt, that crushing guilt or that crushing fear of disappointing somebody when you say no. And I, I had to learn how to move through that. And I had to learn about what part of me was actually speaking that because there was a part of me that said, like, you know this isn't good. You know that you don't even want to do this. Yeah. You know that you're done. Why aren't you allowing yourself to be done? And really doing that self-work and honoring the fact that, yeah, I had to come to terms with the fact that I didn't. I didn't necessarily care about being the good girl anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I really had to do inner work around that. And so um, with every new level, boundaries, boundary issues always creep up. They do. It just is what it is. Um, and so there are boundaries that I am, like, hands down, awesome at setting. Um, and then there are new boundaries that come up where I will have to, like, wrestle that. Yep. That good girl, I don't want to say wrestle, I allow it to show up eventually. Sometimes I wrestle it. <laughs> yeah. Here. Let's not lie, we're human. Yeah. Um, sometimes I wrestle it, but I have to always, as soon as different feelings start rising, I have to then kick into the mode of something's being compromised. There's a boundary here being compromised. And what is the energy underneath that's coming up? Mm-hmm. Who, what part of me, because we have multiple parts of us, right? What part of me is rising up in this energy? What part of me is feeling bad? And let's bring that to the surface and show up and nurture it. Because as soon as I can show up and nurture it and really understand it, then I'm like, oh, well, I get that. But you're still, like, we're still saying no. (laughs) Exactly. But I love that because, like, I mean, you're taking it full circle, too, because it's coming right back around to, no, we're we're never really done setting boundaries because we're continuing on living. And so there's going to be new opportunities and expansion and to, you know, create these boundaries. But at the same time, it's always coming back to this this kind of, like, inner, inner child thing, this inner wounded child. So what aspect of myself is kind of not, you know, fear of not being accepted or whatever it is that's creating that, that little bit of a wrestle, right? That, of, of course, we have to deal with it. It's not going to be easy that you're just, like, every time, oh, I need to create a boundary here. Here we go. I have no other emotions attached to it, and I'm going to move on. Well, you know, it's so, so true, yeah. right? I mean, I think that, I mean, self-approval is uh, one of the... Um, I actually do a breath practice where I I literally sit and I breathe in self-approval and I exhale self-approval and I breathe in. I literally literally expand the space in my own inner knowing because we as a society are conditioned to care about what other people think. Mm-hmm. More than we, more than what are, we think of ourselves too. Exactly. And yeah. so what happens is, is when the good girl gets riled up. So when this wounded, the splintered, wounded inner child gets kicked up, it it kicks up in the approval, right? And so mm-hmm. that is, in all actuality, connected to our survival modes and mm-hmm. acceptance. And you know, are, are we going to be left behind? Are we going to be kicked out, kicked to the curb, not loved? Whatever, which affects our root chakra and how we present ourselves, our self-identity, how we walk in this world. Mm-hmm. And so it's when we start strengthening these lower energy centers, when we start strengthening our presence, when we start really strengthening and showing up to reparent our inner child, because that's really the key to all of this is showing up and reparenting our own, our inner child, instead of deferring to the outside world to come and nurture this child. Because what we're doing is hoping that yeah. somebody has a divine inner child somewhere that is going to see you for what you are and honor you. Well, the, in all actuality, what we're doing in this world and on this earth is bumping up against everybody else's wounds and splinters. Yeah, well. yeah exactly. So we, so we got to go within. I always, you yeah. know, I sit there and tell my boys all the time because it's really interesting that this journey has allowed me to really parent them on a highly conscious level. Yeah. So they're 16, uh, 14, and 11. Mm-hmm. and they are rising up 
as, I mean, they're already highly aware, which means they, they are already learning how to reparent themselves. They're already yes. learning how to go in, to how to take these feelings when they churn up. And, you know, we'll sit together, so I'll walk them through what that looks like mm-hmm. instead of doing it for them because I'm not teaching them how to walk in this world if I'm here doing it for them. Now, I'll help them turn the energy so that they know what to ask themselves. How does that feel? What were you thinking? Mm-hmm. You know, let's talk about the, one of the first times in your life that you felt like that. Um, but it's, it's fantastic because we have these, when we learn how to show up for ourselves, we no longer require the approval. The good girl now knows that she can come, she can come to our heart and say, yeah. you know, I'm feeling bad about this. You know, I'm feeling kind of guilty that we're saying, no, I'm feeling like I'm a disappointment. I'm feeling like they're not going to be liked. And... You know, there are many times where I will sit with my inner, that wounded inner child, and I will turn the energy, and I will talk about how, what a great gift of empowerment we are giving this person, because they're going to learn how to do X, Y, and Z for themselves. Yes. They're going to do this for themselves. And we are going to have the freedom, because, I mean, really, what I do is I teach my clients how to create this freedom, but we're really learning how to say no to what's dragging on our energy. Absolutely. And it's, 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 that, it's that mindfulness and that responsibility, too, of just noticing whenever something does not feel um, harmonized in your energy and then addressing it, not just being like, let me push that down further, but addressing it right away. And it's, it's yeah, it's, it's such a gift to give to your children as well at the same time, too. And it's just, it's creating this new generation of, like, these, uh, all, of, all of the children in the next generation, I don't know if like every parent feels this way, but the next generation just feels so, uh, they feel so advanced to me. They feel like, you know, they're, they're so evolved and there's so many other um, like light workers and energy workers and all of that kind of coming out of this new generation of children. So they require parents like us, well, you know, the ones that, um, that are mindful and that can teach them things like this so that then they're seeding kind of their generation of, of self-awareness, self-responsibility, and creating a lot of the shifts that need to happen in this world. It, it's so true. I mean, I think one of, the, um, one of the greatest gifts, one of the greatest gifts that this journey has given me and the, the fact that, you know, I always say all the time, like, I am 100% grateful that my immune system crashed because yeah. at the same time, I made a choice, and the choice that I made has redirected my ancestral line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's interesting because I do, uh, I do communicate with my family that has crossed over, mm-hmm. and it's really, it's very interesting because um, my father actually is uh, doing work as my youngest son's gatekeeper, and mm-hmm. so he's very, very... Um, very, very involved with my youngest son's uh, development and um, what he's learning from the other side in order he is actually healing parts of himself from seeing this new paradigm shift, which is really cool. And, you know, and it's interesting. I was just musing about this the other day and I was talking to my husband that it's fascinating that my three boys are actually going to go out into three different sectors of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my oldest is going to be going into international business, so he's mm-hmm. going into that field. My youngest son is going into athletics, and so that's going to be his field. My, um, my middle son, my youngest son is an, a very, very gifted energy healer, so I don't know how he'll take that. How that's going to take form. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how it's going to take form, but his energy is so big and so bright, and so it's exciting mm-hmm. to three conscious beings because of the ripple effect. I mean, yes. the simple fact is is as they can hold space for somebody else's, um, I, I tend to call it, when somebody's acting ignorant, um, I call it jackassery. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell my boys, I'm like, listen, I said, at the end of the day, I said, instead of judging them, which I realized calling them jackassery is a judgment. That's um, a fun word. It just, it just put some fun of, into it. Yeah. But I said to them, I said, you know what? I said, look at them as spiritual toddlers. Mm, oh, absolutely. I said, you wouldn't yell at a toddler for not knowing any better. I said, and yeah. I realize that probably one of the biggest hindrances, <clears throat> excuse me, that we can come up against as light workers um, and as conscious beings is to even like expect that somebody should know better. There's a whole, mm-hmm. there's a whole um, like, mul- like lower, I don't want to say lower levels, that's not what I mean, but younger, more immature levels 
-hmm. And they're here. And they're here. It's like 85-year-olds. Or they're here. Oh, yeah. Age doesn't matter. (laughs) You know, but I always, I say to my boys, I said, I said, you wouldn't look at a toddler and yell at them for not knowing better. Yes. And so I said, when you bump up against these people, I'm like, yes, set clear boundaries. No one should be compromising into your energy field at all. Yeah. With that being said, do it in a way that you're not like riling yourself up or expecting a different outcome or behavior because like they don't know any better. Yeah. <laughs> they, they really don't. <laughs> and it's really freeing when you sit there and go, well, they should know better, but they don't. They don't have the experiences. And they haven't had that um, that surrendering moment. They haven't mm-hmm. had that bring you to your knees, no other place to go um, moments where they have said, I can't do this by myself anymore. I need some outside guidance. I need some, and it's not even outside guidance. It's, it's internal guidance. But it's this, you know, that opening. They haven't accepted the opening. And so I said to the boys, I'm like, if they haven't accepted the opening, you have to understand that they're still spinning around in lack of love. Like they're still yeah. spinning in that space. So set your boundaries and move on. Like don't mm-hmm. waste energy hoping or thinking that they should know better. They don't. Or feeling like it's your responsibility that to kind of teach them too. That's another thing I notice quite a bit. Um, um, and like, I mean, this doesn't necessarily apply to children because as parents, it's, it's kind of a different dynamic there, but like to the public at large, to the people that you're talking to, um, noticing that people are like, okay, well, I need to help them correct that behavior so that they know. And if that person is not in a space where they're open to it, then you're just smashing against a brick wall and you're only hurting yourself too well, at the same know, time. Yeah. It's true. And not only that, you're not honoring their free will. True. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I told my boys and, and I teach, you know, I teach this to my clients and it's an, it's an ever evolving practice. Um, you know, my oldest asked me something interesting not too, too long ago. He's like, mom, you know, you, I know that you care. I know that you care deeply, but I don't see you saying too much. I don't see you saying too much about the state of the world. I don't see you saying too much about, what's happening and you know and I said well I said you have to understand something honey I said we're all free beings here mm-hmm. I said so I said at the end of the day I said there's a whole group of people that have no interest in growing I said and that's okay yeah it's it's totally fine I said but you know what I said you're interested in growing and your brothers are interested in growing and dad and I are interested in growing and the people I work with are interested in growing. And you know what I mean? I said, and so I said, and at the end of the day, I said, as you expand your, your energy field and fill it with more light and fill it with more compassion and fill it with more awareness, I said, those fields pass. I said, so I said, my field passes over somebody. I said, and so maybe they're impacted today. Maybe they're not impacted 10 years down the line. I said, but you know what? I said, maybe in the next lifetime, I said, that little seed of light that gets planted that says, I get that you're not ready to rise. Like, I get it. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I said, in the next life, there something will get activated. I said, it's not our, I said, we are not here to judge somebody else's journey and judge exactly. the and judge. And, and so there are many times, and we see it right now a lot, people are struggling with the Savior energy. People are struggling mm. Mm-hmm. I, I need to teach you so that you know better. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. What that says to me is, well, you know what? Actually, what would be a fantastic idea is to take that concept and turn it inward. Like continue yes. to turn it inward. I mean, for I will I, I I said to the boys, I said, there's the work is always the work. Like mm-hmm. there's always a rise. There's always another level. There's always more for me to be learning. So I said at the end of the day, I said, the only thing that I'm going to continually do is, yes, I mean, set clear boundaries and empower and expand. I said, but many, much of this, the expansion is allowing free will, allowing, allowing things to play out. Because the only thing that I can control is my response over my reaction. The only thing that I can control is building my world so that it is filled with love. And so when I'm walking in that presence, that whoever is around is is enveloped in that, and I don't know yep. how it's going to impact them, and I don't, and it, I don't, it's not that I don't care. I care deeply, but not in a I want you like I want to see you. Yes, I want to see how it happens. No, I don't. No, I'm actually I can let that part go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's 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 such good stuff. Um, 
I'm just kind of wrapped up in listening to you at the same time, too. I'm excited to go back and listen to this again. Um, so, okay, so kind of coming, coming back into our questions here, if somebody was to be, like, having issues with boundaries in their life, what types of things, like, what type of indicators would be happening in their lives? Maybe how would they be feeling um, that would tell them that they need to focus on creating boundaries? I always say the very first indicator is if you're feeling resentful, unappreciated, uh, frustrated with where you're at or whatever you're doing, that it's a clear indicator that you have compromised your energy. Um, if, you've, if you're pissed by the time you set a boundary, uh, you've waited too long to set yep. that boundary. I always tell that 100%. And, and before my immune system crashed, I, and you see, you see it, the bow finally breaks and you just lose it. And you lose mm -hmm. it on everybody and you project all your anger on everybody. And really what is happening is, is your, your immature ego is like, I'm finally overloaded and I'm really mad that all of you are asking me. And what really mm -hmm. needs to happen is the energy needs to turn back inward and say, okay, so where, where did we say yes and we really meant no? And when we said yes, why did we say yes? Um, you know, it's interesting. I always say that one of my biggest, uh, what, as a mom, one of my biggest boundaries are, you know, are, are before I volunteered for everything. I volunteered for everything, not only because I wanted to be a good mom, but I wanted my kids to see that I cared. Yes. I wanted them to see that I was, you know, I wanted them to feel like I, you know, like I cared and was there and this and that. And after my immune system crash, um, what started happening is I really started owning where I wanted to serve and where I didn't want to serve. Mm -hmm. I started owning the fact that I really don't like volunteering for school events. Mm -hmm. and, and that's not true. I don't, um, I don't like volunteering for, say, field trips. I yep. don't like volunteering for things that, that are very frenetic energy. It drags on my energy field, and I just yep. don't like it. Yep. Um, now, initially getting over that was uh, I had to really move through a lot of those guilty feelings of like, well, do my kids not think I'm good? Right. Do my kids not think I care? You know, and so it was interesting because I sat down with my middle son. You know, my oldest is going to be 17, so they don't do field trips. Um, and, but my middle son is still in, in middle school. He's getting ready to head to high school. And he recently, uh, they went to Washington, D.C., and I got cornered. <laughs> I got cornered in the parking lot, got cornered. Um, now, I'm really good at crowd control. Like, one of the things I'm really good at is, <laughs> is I'm just good at crowd control. And so taking, a, you know, so it would make sense that somebody would ask me, like, hey, do you want to be a part of this and chaperone the field trip. And, and it was one of my, one of the moms was my friends and I said, no. And she goes, she's like, excuse me? Cause she really thought I was going to say yes. Cause not too many people probably do a flat out no. <laughs> no and, and so, and I actually, like, I've perfected these kind of things so yep. well, um, only because I've now given myself the permission to nurture yes. myself in a way that I know this is going to like, not only will it drag on my system, I'll, I'll be cranky. I'll be resentful. My, yep. kid, my kid won't see the best side of me. No. And because my kid reads energy, even if I have a smile plastered on my face, he'll know. Oh, absolutely. How is that showing up for my son? It's yeah. not. How, mm -hmm. how, and so I sat down with them and I said, so, you know, I was asked to chaperone this field trip. And he's like, please tell me you're not going to. <laughs> Every child probably says that, but yeah. <laughs> and... But, you know, we have a very open relationship so that there yep. are things my kids want me at, and there are things that they're like, please, God, no, just no. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Like, I'm really okay with where our relationship is. So if they say to me, I really don't want to, like, I'm not going to encroach on their experience. Washington, D.C. is not my experience. It's his. Mm -hmm. But the nice part about that exchange was, you know, yes, he really didn't want me there. Totally cool with that. But... More importantly, I didn't want to be there. And so what mm -hmm. I said to him is, I said, here's what I need to talk to you about. I said, that is one of those trips, I said, that will drag on my energy so badly that I will be ill by next week. Mm -hmm. I said, and I love myself so much, and I will not do that to myself. Mm -hmm. I said, well, what I'm trying to ask you is, if you want me there, what I'm doing is I'm going to lovingly tell you, no, I can't. Mm -hmm. And... Um, 
And he said to me, he goes, you know what, Mom? He said, I know that this is something that you struggle with. I know that you struggle with wondering if I feel like you're there for me, if mm -hmm. I feel loved. Because that's really, at the end of the day, that's all I want to know. <laughs> right? Yeah. And not that I don't see it because I do, but it's my ego that wants to know, like, am I doing a good job? And now, I, of course, I'm doing a good job. I see these three fantastic young men that I'm raising, and they're empathetic and they're compassionate and they're funny and they set boundaries like, you know, like little um, energetic spiritual warriors and uh, they know balance and they know when to say when. Like these are all things that I'm like, yes, as a mom. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly, yes. Um, but as a, a you know, my, uh, I, I always say, you know, our egos are always going to kind of going to continually want to be fed. Um, and these ones are big ones because the thing of it is, is I know that I am met with judgment from the outside world. I know mm -hmm. that all these moms are like, <laughs> she said no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you just, and that's no. part of the boundary setting is being okay with that. <laughs> and so it, it, as much as, and it's funny because I trust myself so much that, that no flew out and she's like, come on. I'm like, no. And, and I said to her, and like I said, we're close enough that I could say this to her. Mm -hmm. uh, whether I would have said it to another mom, I don't know. It just, mm -hmm. I guess, if I would have been pushed, I said, listen. I said, to be totally clear, I said, I'm so excited that they have this field trip. I'm so excited that they have this opportunity. I said, but for me, chaperoning is like sh sh uh, sticking sharp needles into my eyeballs. Yep. I said, I don't know why I would do that to myself. I said, especially with the fact that there are already moms that love this. Exactly. Yes. And that's the part that I finally got really, really good with is the fact that, you know what, you know where I volunteer? I go set up for, there's like a dinner dance for the eighth grade where yep. I take an hour out of my time to set up place settings. Yeah, and no problem. Yeah. <laughs> quiet. But you know, but that's now giving myself permission to serve in a way that does, does contribute, mm -hmm. but it serves in a way that's congruent with my energy and my energy field. Yes. And so, you know, so I sat there, and she just looked at me. She was stunned. That was like yeah. one of the answers that just, like, shut the whole thing down. She's like, I don't even know what to say to that. I'm like, it was honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did. I sat down with my son, and I said, you know, I just need to know that uh, – I said, I'm not asking your permission. I said, what I want to do is if there's any sort of I wanted you to go, I said, we need to work through that energy. I said, because there's no way I ever want you to feel like I'm not here for you, mm -hmm. going up for you. I said, I just – it's beyond, it's like a hundred times beyond my bandwidth. I can't do it. Exactly. And he's like, and he said to me, he goes, every day, mom, you show up. Every day I feel loved. Every single day. He said, I'm going to tell you when I want you to be around. He goes, and I love the fact that you respect me, that when I say I don't want you around, that you don't take it personally. Mm -hmm. you don't try to, you know, like, I don't, I don't try to encroach on their experiences because I want them to come and talk to me. My exactly. Kids about everything. And so I do like, I do talk a lot about my kids because quite honestly, I think that when we set boundaries in our family, it becomes very easy to set them in the outside world. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I totally agree. And what's interesting, we're, we're recording this interview just the day after Mother, Mother's Day. So it feels very, very timely to, to, to be discussing this because I know mothers is, uh, it's one of the people, like, group, like mothers as a group is one of the groups of people that um, traditionally we don't set a lot of boundaries because we just give and give and give and give and give and give and give and, give, and we're doing that because we love. So I love that you're reframing it so much um, around this topic right now. It's, it's, it's so true. And I know I spent my day yesterday um, at my youngest son's hockey tournament. So I was with another group of moms there too. So it was really cool to get to have um, conversations with them all about, you know, how we're spending our Mother's Day and different things like that. I just really, really love um, that this is so timely right now about this. You know, yeah. you know, excuse me, it's really true because, you know, my husband and I, so I was at a crew regatta. My oldest does crew for his school. Yeah. <laughs> And they were in the, uh, they were in the um, Midwest uh, Scholastic Rowing Championship, and their school won it. And it was so exciting to be there. But it was funny. We were on our way home, and my husband said, you know, he said, I'm so glad that we were here. He said, um, you know, I'm sorry, because it was like a whole day event. Yeah, yeah. Was, I'm sorry, because, I, you know, like this is, it's Mother's Day. Like, should you be doing this, this kind of thing? And I said to him, I said, listen, I said, I get you know, like my mom needed the grand gesture of Mother's Day. She did 100%. But 
my father, like she had zero boundaries. My father was highly demanding. It's a different time, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But she really, there was no, um, you know, through, through her year, uh, there was no thank you. There was no, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there were, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm an only child and I'm like, God, did I thank her? No. <laughs> no. But, but it, it was this tireless effort every single day. She was mm-hmm. working um, and she was, you know, my dad, like I said, he was a great man. He was highly demanding, highly authoritative, highly, just high, like everything. It, basically she was the servant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Mother's Day was a grand gesture, and it, and it had to be because that's what really sustained her to, like, the next holiday or the next, like, her birthday or whatever. Yep. Um, you know, and so there are many people. I don't do brunch. I'm not a brunch person. I'm not really even, like, a, a restaurant um, person as far as, like, go. The frenetic energy just does too much to me. So I'm like, yeah, no. Same. <laughs> right? And I'm like, no, let's go. Like, I don't even know. Like, I don't need to do the whole, like, extended family thing. No, thanks. We're good. Um, we'll see everybody trickle through the week and give them whatever gifts we have and that's it. Yeah. Um, only because it just puts so much pressure on this whole to do. And so my husband's like, you know, are you, are you good? And I said, you know, it's funny that you asked that because I was just thinking about how great this day really truly yes. is. Yes. Yeah. I have set up my life and it is true. I nurture myself and I teach everybody around me not only how to nurture themselves, but I teach them how to interact and nurture me as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, my husband and my boys do plenty of, I mean, we talk about how the household is a group effort. Mm-hmm. I'm still in that process right now. My children are a bit younger, but yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But And, and it's one of those, like, but, but and you have to, like, I know, um, like, my middle son loves animals, so he... Mm-hmm is all about the dog take care of the dog do the yep. do everything having to do with the dog awesome right my oldest loves to like drive the mower and all that great he's the lawn mowing king and but the thing of it is is instead of it being like this is what you do like they do it they do it automatically I thank them I acknowledge their contribution like I'm always really looking at them as these equal parts and they're not this hierarchy of your kid, I'm parent, blah, blah, blah. Like it's just this very holistic energy. And so I didn't have, there are some moms that were um, out yesterday that were like, you know, like, oh, what a great way to spend the day. And I thought to myself, you know, I got to watch my son win this event. I got his boat won and they didn't think that it would, or they got third place. They didn't think that they would even place. And they like, they were like the dark horse that came out and just took off. And so it was so fun to see that. And I thought to myself, what a fantastic way to be able to spend this day. But it didn't have to be all about me. No, not at all. I cultivated my whole year. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. myself. Every day, at some point in the day, I am getting nurtured. And I've really turned, started turning the practice to how can everything continue to add self-nurturing? So I might be doing laundry. How can I turn that into a more of expansive process? Mm-hmm. So I'm not turning it and being like, oh, I'm doing another chore. Right? Because it's no fun. It's no fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's really all in the reframe. But, so much. But there's so much of this internal splintered energy and we all have it um that that always you know I always say if it's a complaint like if you're starting to compromise and if you're feeling resentful unappreciated complaining like it's time to take a look at what you're doing 100 percent yeah time to take a look at if if you're because I mean many people get themselves um in this martyred energy because it's a habit Mm-hmm. But it's it's actually a way to continually seek approval. It's another it's another approval seeking. You know, look how much I do. You should appreciate me more. You know, kind of thing. And you're like, eh. it's like appreciate yourself. Let's focus on that for a minute. <laughs> how about we take a list, yep. like look at this list, start divvying it up, and then yep. you know, and then I always say the biggest part is how do you say no to yourself. Mm-hmm. Like when we're doing boundaries, like the big, the big daddy of boundaries is saying no to those parts of you that are judging, saying no yes. to parts of you that are, I'm really trying to undermine expansion. 
Yes. Trying to undermine self-empowerment. I mean, I always, you know, I was just thinking about this, you know, because we do. We practice these boundaries on the, on the external, but it is merely everything external is a mirror for our own energy. And so everything that we practice on an external level is really like the big, like cultivating the big practice for turning it, continually turning it inward. Agree. Yeah, that's, oh, I'm a huge believer in the mirror effect. Anytime, like, I argue with my husband or somebody says something and it catches me the wrong way, I'm like, wait a minute, how am I feeling that, you know, actually towards myself? How am I not accepting myself? Or how am I feeling like I'm not doing enough or guilt or whatever it is? Because the answer is always there and you can always feel so much better, so much faster going that way. It's so true. It yeah. is so, so, so true. So, yeah. Yeah, so, so for our listeners, those that maybe want to start creating boundaries in their lives, what uh, tips or advice would you offer to them? Um, start observing their day. Mm-hmm. Honestly, um, I, I love being and I love recommending getting really curious and being very observant about mm-hmm. the, um, to start really understanding where energy is being given away and you didn't really want to give it away. Mm-hmm. Where did you say yes that you really meant to say no? Um, you know, many times uh, I have found that, and myself included, um, going down the beginning of this process, probably 75% of what we do on a regular, on a daily basis are things that we don't want to do or they are other people's agendas. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and we get hijacked for the, if I, if I can, I should. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, I mean, that very easily hijacks our energy. And, uh, you know, we, oh. <laughs> oh, I mean, we, you know, it was interesting. And I'll give a really quick example that kind of helps frame this up. The, the other day, so both my husband and I work from home. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a macroeconomic research consultant. Mm-hmm. And I do self-mastery coaching and energy healing. And um, I was in the midst of recording a new course. Mm-hmm. And I came downstairs. I was in a break, and I came downstairs, and he, he comes inside, and he's like, I need you to take a look at this now. And I'm like, um, what do you need me to take a look at now? He's like, the condo for the, you know, we're heading down for baseball in Myrtle Beach in July. Mm-hmm. The condo. And I said, well, I can't take a look at that right now. Now, very easily, like old Tracy would have dropped what she was doing in order to take that off of his plate. And he, so he looked at me, and I'm just looking at him. My mom is over. She was, like, picking up something and, and getting ready to leave. And he's like, well, I have a lot to do today. And I looked at him. I'm like, as do I. And so I literally, like, threw the whole thing right back in his lap and yeah. went upstairs to do what I was doing because it, was ve- it would have been very uh, – it would have been very easy for me falling under the I can't – if I can, I should. Yeah. If I can, I should. And what I had said to him is I said, you know, I don't have time to do this right now. I could mm-hmm. do it later. Mm-hmm. I could do it tomorrow. But you want to do it now. And so if you want to do it now, then you need to do it now. Yep. I'm not doing it now because I am devoted. My attention and my time is devoted in this moment to recording videos for this particular course. And boom, that's it. Yep. Um, and so not only is it, it's really getting honest with, like, no, I, I, don't, I don't want to. Where am I leaking my energy? Like, yeah. that would have been an energy leak. Because you know what? I would have gotten very resentful that I would have, my ego would have wanted to blame my husband mm-hmm. for taking me off track. Yeah, when it's in your choice. Actuality, yeah, when in all actuality, I made a choice to people please mm-hmm. over empower what my spirit was really driving to do. And so in that moment, you know, and we do, we look at everything as when we are in this people-pleasing roles, we are looking at everything as a loss of love. Yes. If somebody is mad at me, it means they don't love the, that loss of love. And so your initial steps to setting boundaries are where are you leaking your energy? Mm-hmm. Where are you saying yes? Where you'd really like to be saying no? Um. The next step of that is what are you telling yourself? Mm-hmm. Because there's always an underlying thought and a feeling when you, you know, we have the self-argument. We have the internal argument on why am I saying yes? If I would have said yes to chaperoning a Washington, D.C. trip, 
I'm going to tell you something. My ego could have given me 20 reasons, right, like straight out of the gate. Yep. Why I should have. Yes. And, and, and honestly, one of the big ones that came up, well, what if nobody else volunteers? And then mm-hmm. the trip gets canceled. And then this and then that. I mean, like when I tell you that my ego had like the whole trip canceled all because I didn't say no, all because I didn't say yes. Yeah, it'll spiral really quickly, it sounds like. Oh, 100%. And I I will, like I said, I'm very transparent in the fact that um, it's not like, you know, self-mastery is not you get rid of it. There are so Mm -hmm. many people like, I'm going to get rid of it. I'm like, and I'm like, thumbs up, okay. Right on. (laughs) Um, The simple fact is, is yeah, there are going to be facets that you're going to completely heal and they are never going to return. Mm -hmm. Each experience we have is like a mirror ball. And so Mm -hmm. we don't know when we're going to get triggered. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that the Washington, D.C. trip was going to trigger me so hard on what, you know, what kind of mother I am. Yeah. And... I said no. I, I 100% said no. But what happened on the, the part of that, so I totally empowered myself. I totally honored my own energy in that moment. And I empowered them to find people that would be a fit. Mm-hmm. You want parents that are like gung-ho. <laughs> yes, exactly. But it makes a huge difference. It makes a huge difference. I mean, at the end of the day, I want his trip to be one that is really, I want him, it to be a memorable, good, fun trip. Yeah. I would go there with crap energy. Who wants that? I don't want to. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> but what I had to do is I had to be really honest with myself then, right? Is mm-hmm. You know, I, yes, I made the decision. I did not. That would be a huge leaking of energy for me. But the next decision, the next step was really honoring that negative self-talk. And honestly, many times we aren't taught how to honor that and show up for that negative self-talk, which is why we say yes and we leak our energy. We don't want to actually show up for the guilt, the disappointment, the fear, the whatever it is. I mean, when I tell you it was like a laundry list. Yeah. Um. But what I had to do was really show up and re- reparent that part. You know, I had to sit there and say to myself, you know what? There are parents, there are however many parents in this class. And I can guarantee that at least 25% of these parents are total extroverts. Yeah. And love this. Yes. And you know what I did? I took out the fact that I would not be a good fit. I honored that. Actually, I honored really everybody in the process. So what your ego wants to view as a very selfish act is really a very empowering act because at the end of the day, who showed up to chaperone that trip was a bunch of extroverts who love getting up at the crack of dawn and going till 9 o'clock at night and like running all over the place and they love that external energy. They love the frenetic energy. They adore it. So what happened is, is by really honoring that space, I was able to create more room. I was able to create freedom in my life. I was able to show up for myself and really nurture myself. But I was also able to create that space for somebody to step up that really, really wanted to. And so, you know, not only really setting yourself in that space to honor what you don't want to do, but then really show up for the negative self-talk. Because these splintered parts of us have fantastic, a fantastic wealth and depth of information Oh, so much. Um, it's just that we need to know how to heal it. And so yes. what I work with my clients is how to heal it. You know, how do, we show, how do we really not only show up in the mental space and talk through it, because, I mean, we can, like, talk until we're blue in the face, but how do you get into the energetics? How do you get into, you know, I mean, there are many times that, you know, in my, even in my, in my life as a mom, in my life as a wife, in my life as a, an entrepreneur, where you you show up for reasons um, that are, are egoic reasons. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and, yeah, and that not, that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean bad either. It's just it, it's not coming from a place that's supportive to you or your growth. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't. I, everyone, you know, there there is a group of people that talk about like you know we're killing the ego. We're killing. No, we're not. We're enlightening. No. We're maturing the ego. We're taking yes. these measures and we are healing it, we're going to send, the, send what is not working, we're going to send that wounded um, negative belief system, self-talk, we're going to get some clarity around that, get some perspective around that, so we can bring the strength of that experience, bring the understanding of that experience into it. Because I guarantee you, 
When we do, then you have something arise where you have to apply that understanding and knowledge to it, and that's where your growth happens. Yes. Um, but, you know, when I talk about egoically showing up, and it's, it's very, you know, I, I love the ego. I love the psyche. I, I love working in that energy because it's so fascinating because there are so many parts, especially out of our childhood, that as an adult, we would look at it and be like, God, I can't believe it created that much of a negative impact or traumatic experience <laughs> from that particular event. But it does. It actually skews the way we handle things. It skews the way we show up. If I wouldn't have known how to show up for this deep guilt, um, you know, I didn't have a fantastic childhood. My parents were, you know, married, then divorced, then married again. And there was a lot of abuse and neglect and a lot of, a lot of stuff along the way. And so as a parent, I do strive to continually, you know, I, I want to be a presence in my kid's life. Um, but I really, you know, that particular example of the DC trip was huge because I wasn't going to be egoically, I would have shown up. Yeah. Spiritually, I, I would not have been walking forward in my own spirit there. Now, I would have learned how to make the best of it. I would have, I mean, because I'm, I'm to that particular point that if, for whatever reason, they would have called me and said, listen, Tracy, if you don't go, the kids can't go. Yeah. But I would have gone into some deep meditation, and I would have just gotten really good, because I would have. I, I don't necessarily yeah. think I would have been like, oh, well, screw it. Sorry, they're not going to Yeah, go. right. <laughs> but I would have had to do some of my own internal deep work on being able to show up to what is, show up to what is, and really be able to like ground and protect and have that continual turning of energy um, so that I would have been able to show up. But at the end of the day, knowing that I didn't have to, like that was huge. I was able to really, um, really be honest. But then, like I said, show up for the, that negative talk because we're not taught how to move through that negative talk. And it is the negative talk that sends us back into people pleasing. Yeah. It is the fear of that negative talk being true that sends us right back into people pleasing and leaking our energy. I call it energy leaking. As soon as we start leaking, we become resentful and unappreciative or unappreciated. And we feel just like we want to blame the world for bending us when what's yeah. really happening is we just don't necessarily want to show up for the that that judge we don't want to show up for the judge <laughs> and listen to the judge and reparent that whole those those parts because we just don't know any better exactly and that well and this is why your work is important because it's it's creating a, a shift in perspective around that uh, it's it's really really powerful so so here's a question that I ask all of my guests and most of our conversation has kind of been about this anyway um, but can you tell me an example of a time that you created happiness alchemy in your life so turned a struggle or challenge into growth and empowerment oh gosh um, you know it's interesting because I, I look back over my life and I think, God, you know, there are so many times where I really, you didn't think that you showed up for yourself, but you really, really, really did show up mm -hmm. for yourself. And um, so much of my conscious showing up happened after my immune system crash mm -hmm. um, because I started learning so much more about myself. And I started, yeah. um, I stopped putting my own happiness, my own growth, my own love, my own care for myself on the back burner. Mm -hmm. um, I moved it to the center. And so I always say, you know, after that experience of my immune system crashing, it was interesting because I was able to take all of that pain and really, um, I, I divvied it up. Uh, the first part that I worked on was really regaining my own physical health. And mm -hmm. With that was the understanding that I was really abusing myself on a high level by not mm -hmm. nourishing my body, by not giving it breaks, by not doing that. All of these practices before the crash, like it became so clear to me that I had set myself so far back on this burner mm -hmm. um, for the chance to make somebody else happy. And so what I realized in that moment after the crash is that what I was really hoping to do was to be able to drag off of their happiness mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and that it wasn't a possibility. And so as I started really being able to be still mm -hmm. and show up, show up for the pain, show up for 
the sadness, show up for the joy because I wasn't even giving myself credit for anything. So yeah. <laughs> I always say the wall was there and the wall wasn't letting anything in. Yeah. Um, you know, so to be able to uh, celebrate, to be able to have daily reflection where I was like, yes, this went really well. And to stop looking at mistakes and, and, and failures as like these catastrophes. Um, before the crash, I was so black and white. I was so heavy-handed on my own judgment. Um, mm -hmm. I was so just like, I was like my own taskmaster. Mm -hmm. um, and so the crash allowed me to really examine things on a much more moment-to-moment -moment level and a mm -hmm. much more gentle level where um, I, God, I, I cheer myself on. And like, I like hug myself. I mean, today, you know, I'm like, oh, you're doing good. <laughs> yeah. you know, or I look in the mirror and I'm like, you're looking good today. Yeah. Um, because everything before then was never enough. It was never enough. It was never enough. And, you know, you create these momentary bits of happiness for other people. Um, but it was very fleeting because this wall was created. This wall was built. This armor was on. So nothing was infiltrating the armor. And so after I was really, after I went through this, you know, the armor like flew off and then, you know, you really move into the state of vulnerability, which when you're first taking that armor off, that, like being vulnerable is just a very uh, scary feeling. It is. Yeah, it is. I mean, a hundred percent. I mean, I say all the time, I'm like, I, the reason I love doing, doing this and working with my clients and doing these ener this energy work and doing these deep healings and deep reflections is because I know what it feels like to take the armor off. And I know that space and time where you're like, okay, I, I know I want to step forward in who I am. I also know that there's like this, this wall of fear that's been lingering underneath this armor that has to be looked at and, and understood and healed mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that you really can free up the pipeline and feel that happiness. And so, you know, it's interesting because I always tell my boys, I said, as much as I love the word happiness, and I think it's such a, a fantastic word, for me, happiness has moved into contentment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, how am I content? And if I am not content, what is going on that, that why? Yeah. And, and being able to start turning the energy of why, you know, what is coming up that is not that way. And so, you know, today... In this moment, um, that happiness, that contentment, that connectivity is there. Mm -hmm. And it's always present. And the moment that I move into a nervous feeling or a fearful feeling, because again, we're human, we're going to have experiences that re-trigger, you know, different parts, re-trigger a new facet of that mirror ball. Mm -hmm. But the great part is you have the tools. You have the yeah. tools. You know, that, I, I'm the most grateful for the tools. Because the tools to turn the energy and to look at it and to heal it, like you grow, you grow and you gain so much compassion and awareness for yourself and your journey that you have no other option. I mean, you always have a choice, but you really have no other option to then to really see the compassion for everybody in their own journey. Um, it's very easy for me to look at somebody else who might be struggling and you know, not that they're coming to me for help or not anything like that, but I'm like, I, I get it. Like, I, I get it. I see you. I see you in all facets of who you are, but I, I get what you're going through. I understand it. Like, even I might not have been in that particular situation, but I know that feeling. And I know um, it just really expands in the connectivity. So my immune system crashing, like I said, and I've said this, um, earlier that it was really one of the greatest gifts because I was really able to uh, start really peeling back those layers mm -hmm. that were keeping me, that were honestly keeping all of the feelings out. It wasn't letting anything in. And so it's been a fantastic gift um, to be able to take all of that um, and just like tissue layer by tissue layer, because it's not, you know, that's, it hasn't been anything, honestly, more than that, but it's continually taking the tissue layers and, you know, removing them to see like, okay, so how is this, you know, how is this shown up? Like, what, are, where is this negativity? Where is it showing up in my life? When was the first time? 
How, you know, and how is it showing up in my life now? And, oh, by the way, we can actually turn that, release it. So it's, it's been a fantastic gift of growth. And like I said, the, the exciting part about it is, is yes, I am 100% excited for my own growth. It's a high import, it's of high importance to me that I am always taking time every day to tap in, to be aware, not only to have my own breath practice, but if I'm triggered, even if I'm triggered on the road, if I'm triggered driving, if somebody says something to me, I can immediately take it and turn it inward and not as a blame or anything like that, but like this triggered me, why? Yeah. You know, why? Why? Just get really curious. I always love the fact that this journey gives us a very large opportunity to get curious, not to get angry because anger, but I believe that anger is an important emotion because it's a gateway emotion, but not in the, like, projected onto somebody else. Um, You know what I mean? Exactly. And that's it's such a beautiful experience. And kind of the whole thing is kind of this transformation alchemy. So we're at a time and I want to send our reader, send our listeners to go and find you online. So what are you working on right now? And where can listeners go to connect with you? Well, I am working on right now, I actually am in the midst of completing a Learn to Say No guilt-free course. Uh, that is going to be up and going in the next couple weeks. But Um, Your audience can visit my website at www.tracygroman.net for an audio on five ways to cultivate your inner connection. And along with that audio, I have an eight-minute bonus heart-breathing meditation. I love to uh, cultivate and create information that is accessible for busy moms. Um, so the five ways to cultivate the inner connection is an audio that can plug and play. You can listen to it even while you're in the car driving. Um, but the eight minute audio, definitely don't listen to it while you're driving. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's eight minutes and it's a fantastic, it's a fantastically powerful connecting, opening breath work. Um, that happens in eight minutes, and I'm like, oh, how can you, how can you get anything, you, like, I mean, really, eight minutes goes by like that, um, yeah. so that is a free gift that I have over at my website. Awesome, oh, that's amazing, okay, and I'll, I'll include it in the show notes below, so that everybody listening, just go check out the show notes if you want to get a link directly to that, um, and I encourage you to take advantage of this, this has been amazing, Tracy, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, Tracy, thank you for having me, I appreciate it so much. Thanks for tuning in. Visit happinessalchemy.com for your free shamanic journey and to learn about the Happiness Alchemy Sacred Library. Have a magical day.